0: Welcome to the Good News Honduras podcast. We're here today with
1: Jose Luis. Hey, so thank you you for having me. Who am I? That's the question. Um, I am a lot of things. (laughs) So I am the assistant to the uh, general coordinator of MEPI, MEPI, which is a ministry in Honduras. And I'm also the executive director of the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. Among other things. Among
0: many other things. And today, that's what we're talking about is the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. And so, uh, you know, in our series of how how did it start? How's it going? How did
1: the uh, Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras start? Well, the Boys and Girls Club started back in 2016. We had a visit from the True Life Church from Jefferson City, Tennessee, And uh, a member of the church back then, her name is uh, Jessica, she was um, the CEO of four clubs, four boys and girls club in the U.S. And um, on her second trip, I believe, she saw the need to have a program like that in Honduras um, aimed to, you know, children outside the church, really. This is more like a social program. And so... It's aimed to you know kids in the streets, um, so we can give them a positive environment, a positive influence to those to them, and so they can be responsible members of the society one day. So this was birthed out of out of one of these
0: short term trips that comes down annually to help with Mepi and with the Church Planning Network as a whole. And one of their members saw this opportunity and and they took what they're already doing in the states and they helped to kickstart it down here. And so um, how did you get chosen as being the guy in charge of that?
1: Well, like like I said in the beginning, I'm involved with a lot of things in, you know, Mepi. And um, I've been translating in those trips for a long time now. And so after, let's say, three years, three, maybe, yeah, after three years of, you know, the clubs working together, um... This was growing up, like, really fast. And um, at the time, they had eight clubs. And, um, Wait, so eight eight clubs here in Honduras? Yes, at the oh, time.
0: Oh, so, like, before becoming, like, formalized as the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Honduras, you, you guys already had already had started, started some. Yes. Where did
1: y'all start those first clubs? So, the first five clubs were in the uh, Talanga area, the central area of Honduras. Uh, and I can name them. We had the club in Talanga. Río Dulce, Lermita, Carrizal, Mata de Plátano, uh, and Casillas. And so that was like the first the first group, the first batch, if you will. And what, what are these places like? Well, Delongue is a very small city. It's called city, but it's more like a big town, really. And then Mata de Plátano, Carrizal, Río Dulce are small villages. So it's a rural setup for these places. And then a couple of years after that, we opened two clubs in uh, the city, Tegucigalpa, in the capital city. So we have a mixture of rural and urban.
0: When you say rural, when you when you're talking about that, like what
1: what are these villages like? Describe those. Well, very small places for sure. Uh, the roads everywhere, and um, most people work in the agriculture uh, background. Um, growing you know vegetables and stuff like that and they sell it they come to the city every once in a while to sell it Uh, you see a lot of you know cows and cattle and stuff like that and uh, very very sweet people very uh, loving people for sure Um, but of course you know you have negativity in every single place and so you have negative influence uh, for some kids and um, that's the importance of you know, having the club in those places. Yeah. You know, very uh, isolated from the city in some cases. Um, In the socioeconomic
0: scale of Honduras, where do these places rate?
1: Very poor. Uh, This is a very, very poor place. Like More poor than than being in the city? Oh, yes, for sure. Especially small villages. Uh, Their income is based on what they do. You know, if they don't work one day, they are basically not going to eat in yeah. some cases. Uh, of course, you see a lot of that in the city as well, you know.
0: The socioeconomic status, how does
1: that translate into need for the club or opportunities for the club? So um, Honduras, as you know, is one of the pff, poorest countries in the world. And um, this is because of, you know, all the corruption going on for years. We're not going to talk about that today, of course. Um, now we're in
0: apolitical...
1: Yes, here, amen. But as a result of that, the society has turned to the streets and that leads to violence. You know, there's a lot of crime, especially in the big cities. And so, you know, crime uh, relates to drugs and alcohol abuse and all that. And so that's the need of the club, you know, because of all the poverty going on. Uh, a lot of people just don't, have any any place to work and they go commit crimes basically and uh, in some cases especially in the city small kids and when i say small kids i mean eight-year-olds 10-year-olds um are enrolled by the gang members you know so kids kids as young as eight can get enrolled by the gang members yes Um, moving money, moving drugs, depending on whatever, you know, they need to do. And so it's a a vicious cycle going on in my country. And so the club is trying to stop that, you know, one kid at a time.
0: And so, and you mentioned that the kids that y'all are targeting with the clubs are the kids outside of the church?
1: Yes. Well, most members, of course, uh, belong to the churches, to the local churches that may be supports. But um, the main focus is people from outside the church. So no matter the religious background, social background, every kid is welcome to our doors from the ages of five years old to 17, 17 or 18 years old. They are welcome to come and we offer them um, a positive environment by having, you know, games and fun activities. We also offer a free meal every time they go. So in some cases, uh, the club is the only place where kids uh, can eat in a certain day in some cases. And so we are surrounding the kids with members of the local churches who serve as volunteers in every single club. And uh, with the time, we have seen some incredible results with some of those those kids. So uh, a
0: lot of people might have an idea of what a club would look like in the States. What does a typical Boys and Girls Club function look like with you guys?
1: So the main difference is, of course, the facilities, you know? Uh, in some cases, we don't have a uh, an actual building for the club, um, but we operate within the churches, and so the facilities is the first the first difference. Um, but I mean, it's really hard to describe. You will have to be there, but uh, depending on the depending on the place, because each club has different activities depending on the facilities and the budget they have. Uh, you are going to see a lot of kids running running around playing we have ping pong tables we have foosball tables uh, some kids just just play soccer different activities i think the main and key difference between the clubs in the u.s and the clubs here is not really the facilities now that i think about it but the fact that we can talk about the bible in the clubs you know this is something that doesn't happen in the U.S. And if it happens, it's like an optional program where you know the parents will, you know, take the kids there. Um, it's not the case here in Honduras. We are able to share the gospel with the kids from a young age, uh, regardless of you know their uh, background. We are sharing the gospel with the kids with the pandemic how did that shake things up how are you all able to
0: continue or did you have to stop and then beyond that what uh how's it going overall now
1: the pandemic came and uh no surprise it was a a, a big big problem for all of us we had to close the, all the all the locations all the clubs because of the because of the pandemic and because it was a a government law basically Um, so we were closed for 10 months and a half, but in that time, even though all the locations, the facilities were closed, we were using the monthly budget to help those families with meals and food. So every single director and their volunteers will take the time to purchase, you know, the basic, um food adding items for for a family. So eggs and vegetables and meat in some cases, milk, water, and all that kind of stuff.
0: And that's because here with the government mandate, everything shut down to the point of where most people don't get paid if they don't work in a day. Yes. And so when the government mandate shut everything down, that meant most people for for that like 10 and a half months weren't able to earn any sort of income there was no legal way to go about earning any money.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, it was a domino effect. Uh, most people in the city were able to, you know, do some, uh, work from home. That was not the case, you know, in those, in those r- rural places. Yeah. And so, um, some stores were closed. It, the situation was really, really hard for a lot of families. Um, and so, the club had, you know, the opportunity to go to their homes and just give, you know, given food for a couple of weeks every single month, and um, we were able to serve over a thousand families. In some cases, wow. uh, we were reaching families just from the community. I mean, you didn't have to have a kid in the club. So in order to have food, you, if you were in great need, we will help you.
0: So you guys were able to during the first part of the pandemic and you guys were able to shift that monthly budget since you weren't allowed to meet as clubs to turn it basically
1: into a feeding program to just help a lot of these rural communities get by. Yes. Wow. And then we were doing some uh, Facebook uh, live streams on Saturdays. So the kids could watch us, you know, we will uh, do some Bible uh, lessons, very short Bible lessons and some, some crafts and games that they could do uh, back at home so in a way we were still taking care of the kids and uh, their families and uh praise the lord we had the chance to reopen the clubs back in february 2021 and um the kids were obviously you know missing us so much and missing the club itself really really
0: badly in february so that was a so they had to be shut down for 11 months yes right at 11 months wow yeah yeah. it was a long time We're in May now of 2021, so they've been open for a
1: couple months now. How's it going? It's going great. Um, We have had some uh, great news. We are about to open our 11th club. 11 clubs. Yes. Okay. So in a couple of weeks, probably by May the 15th, we are going to open a club, another club in Tegucigalpa at Coenonia Church. Uh, and we are expecting to have between 40 to 50 kids every single weekend.
0: Yeah, that's in a that's in a very busy neighborhood.
1: Yes. El Ato en Medio,
0: yes. It's a very busy neighborhood and a lot of people, a lot of foot traffic in there. Oh, like yeah. It's a very course. tight-knit community in there. There
1: are a couple of uh, schools around the area, too. So uh, we are going to be serving a lot of kids there. And with them, I believe... Our number is going to be close to seven hundred kids on a weekly basis, a weekly among basis. you know all the clubs. So wow. praise the Lord! This is growing fast, and um, we have the blessing of having um, a great, great team of volunteers. And I also I always you know praise what they do because I'm here sitting with you talking about the club, but they are the ones um, you know. Taking care of the kids every single they through the boots day. on or depending the ground. On yeah, yeah. Hands yeah. on. Yeah. For sure.
0: So you can find more information about the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras at their Spanish website, which is at clubhn.org or clubhn.org. Or for the English version of the website, you can you can find it at goodnewshonduras.com/slash boys and girls clubs if someone wants to get involved, how can they get involved with you guys?
1: So the first way, um, will be via prayers, um, pray for all the staff here, pray for all the activities in the different locations and all the kids involved, uh, with the club. And, um, you can also ask, you know, your local church or maybe yourself, if you want to come down here and meet us and, you can get to know us uh, better and, and, and get a better grasp of what we do. And uh, if you prefer to support us financially, uh, there's a PayPal link in both the Spanish and the English version of the website. Um, so you can support us directly that way. Awesome. Thank you so much for
0: telling us about the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Honduras, how they started, how it's going. And uh, we look forward to hearing new stories uh, from the Boys and
1: Girls Clubs in the future. Well, thank you for having me.